Welcome to the Mediate.com podcast with Veronica Kramer. Well, hey there, and welcome back to another great episode of the podcast. So today I'm excited because we're going to talk all about the development of mediation in Brazil with guest Mariana Souza. By way of background, Mariana is a mediator based in Rio de Janeiro, Brazil, where she also works as a lawyer and arbitrator. She has over 20 years of experience in complex disputes involving commercial, civil, contracts, consumer and labor matters, and serves as a mediator with the main centers in the country, as well as the UN. She holds an LLB from the Rio de Janeiro State University and an LLM from Tulane University. So with that, Mariana, welcome to the Mediate.com podcast, and thanks for coming on the show. Thank you. Thank you so much for the invitation. It's a great pleasure to be here talking to you today about this. Yeah, well, I'm really excited to have this conversation. So, um, you know, by way of background, I mean, I'm not familiar with mediation in Brazil. And, and so I think this will be a really great episode. And so I thought what would be helpful is maybe just to give a little bit of context on litigation in Brazil. So I know that you and I had a chance to chat a little bit on a prior date before doing this recording today, and I had a chance to um, read some articles. And you know, it's my understanding that there's there's a large number of lawsuits filed in Brazil. And so I'm curious, do you happen to have any statistics about either the number of active lawsuits in Brazil or you know maybe the average duration of a lawsuit in a Brazilian court? Well, Veronica, I actually do, <laughs> which is uh, which is not uh, you, you know it's not the numbers are kind of scary, uh, as you probably saw from from your research. So, what happens in Brazil? Just to give you a little bit of a background, is um, and I speak that as a, as an attorney because I'm also you know I work as an attorney. Um, is that we have always had litigation as default. So, uh, you know, in law school, you learn about material law, you know, civil law, um, civil procedure, and mainly how to litigate. Nobody in Brazil, at least for until, you know, four or five years ago, it's, it's been changing, luckily, but um, we've always learned how to litigate and lots of uh, emphasis and classes on that labor litigation, civil litigation, criminal litigation. So that's, you know, normal that lawyers will leave law school and start litigating. And the only way we always thought about resolving a problem for, for our clients was through litigation. So the result of that was that we reached um, a number of 100 million open cases a few years ago. This number has actually um, lowered to about 80 million now, which is still huge, right? It's still a lot of um, open lawsuits. And an interesting thing is that, I, I wouldn't say most of them, but a large number of these lawsuits have the state as a party. So, you know, municipal government, state government, federal government, they're huge litigators. Um, they, they litigate their cases. If you file a lawsuit against the state, chances are that it's going to be taken 
all the way, you know, to the Supreme Court, uh, even though it's not necessarily a relevant issue. But there is just this dynamic within the state that, you know, they will appeal everything. Um, so, so the state contributes largely to that number of open lawsuits. So, so we come from a background of this huge number of lawsuits. And of course, what started to happen is that lawsuits will take a long time to end. So the average length of a lawsuit is about 10 years. And I believe that this uh, fact, uh, together with you know the new generations of people that are um, used to having everything easily to their hands, you know, just touch an iPad or you know just touch a button, a button and and buy something online. Um, they started to realize that whenever they have a dispute, they wouldn't be uh, willing to wait for 10 years to get a result. So these, all these elements have um, made it um, easier for mediation to evolve in Brazil. So um, this, is, this is where we are right now. You know, we have the mediation law that was enacted um, six years ago. And we've come a long way within these six years. And I believe that these elements that I just mentioned have contributed a lot to where we are right now. Oh, yeah. And that's that's quite an interesting comparison. So I was just thinking of, of two things that you just mentioned. So on the one hand, you know, the average length of a case being 10 years, that sounds like a really long time. And then comparing yeah. that to what you mentioned about, you know, so your your average consumer being used to on-demand services that they can get in other aspects of their lives, right? Um, that's quite that's quite a comparison. And so I'm curious, you know, I understand that there's both, you know, you mentioned mediation, and I understand there's also conciliation in Brazil. Can you tell me about the difference between the two? Um, sure. So conciliation um, has been at the Brazilian civil of uh, code um, code of civil procedure for a long time, and it was always a hearing that happened right after you file the case. Uh, the respondent will uh, respond the case, and then before it goes to judge the parties are invited to participate in a conciliation hearing. So what happened in the past is that because nobody really knew what they were supposed to do at a conciliation hearing, we came to a point where the conciliation hearing was just, you know, an additional step you had to go through before you had your case heard by the judge. So no one really prepared to go to a conciliation hearing. And the, the professionals who conduct the hearing, um, at the beginning, many, many years ago, the judges used to do that. But as the number of cases increased, so the judges wouldn't have time anymore to be present at all of the conciliation hearings. So 
this was um, the, the, the the hearings started to be conducted by um, employees of the court, and basically, what happens at, at conciliation hearing is the conciliator will ask the parties. So, do you have a proposal to present to the other party? And then the party, probably the party will say no, or yes, I do. This is my proposal. And the other party will say, well, I accept it or I don't accept it. So that's basically how it works. Uh, so much so that some courts schedule conciliation hearings every five minutes um, because that's how long it takes. Um, so it has nothing to do with mediation. So as, as we know, right? Um, and when it comes to, to the new code of civil procedure from 2016, uh, it, it brought both institutions, both mediation and conciliation. And basically the difference between them is that mediation is, you know, facilitative uh, method. And when you have parties that have a relationship or will have a lasting relationship and conciliation is more oriented for um you know consumers with specific issues that shouldn't shouldn't be complex shouldn't be a complex discussion with you know the need uh, to use techniques so uh, conciliation would mainly still be the way it was before. Um, so the main difference brought by the Code of Civil Procedure was to bring mediation to the procedure because before you only had the provision of a conciliation hearing. And now once you file the lawsuit, either the plaintiff or the judge will say whether that lawsuit should be taken, that case should be taken to a mediation hearing or a conciliation hearing, depending on the parties involved, depending, you know, there should be, at least in theory, uh, an analysis of the parties involved, the dispute, you know, there, there is going to be um, taken to the hearing. Uh, to then decide whether it's gonna it should be taken to a mediation hearing or a conciliation hearing, so that's how it works in practice. That's interesting, and and yeah, I had read about that, and and it looked like that was um, something that went into effect in in 2016, from what I was reading. And so, yeah, can you tell me more about that? So it sounds like what it did is what you mentioned it before. It was just conciliation as this required step, and then. With this new civil procedure code in 2016, it then added mediation to that. Um, so, can you tell me a little bit more about kind of mediation as that required step? What does that look like? Is that are those mediations conducted by you know private mediators, or are they conducted by someone employed by by the court, for example? Can you tell me a little bit more about that? Um, it actually will depend on what court you are at, uh, because the courts are state courts. Uh, you also have federal courts, but as long as I know, um, mediation hasn't gone too far yet with the federal courts. But state courts, yes, they have, uh, they already have, you know, mediation centers and trained mediators. So some courts 
like São Paulo, for example, uh, they send the cases over to private mediators. So that's that's how they started to do it from the beginning. Here in Rio, it started differently. It started with uh, voluntary mediators like myself. I did a voluntary mediation for a long time with the state court here in Rio. Uh, and also many of the court employees were trained as mediators. Uh, so from my experience, and, and then here in Rio, as time went by and the number of mediations increased, then yes, the judges started, some judges started to send their mediations to private mediators directly. And some judges still send them to the court mediation center. So there isn't like one rule. Basically, each court works a different way. So from my experience, what I can see uh, from these five, six years that I've been mediating with the court here in Rio is that in the beginning, people were more uh, curious about it. And often I would hear from parties or attorneys that, well, you know, we came to this mediation hearing, but, you know, our case is not suited for mediation because it's too complex. Or our case is not suited for mediation because, you know, the amounts involved are high. So there was this idea that mediation was only suitable for small claims cases, um, you know, easy, fast resolution cases. So as time went by and private mediation developed and many lawyers had the opportunity to participate in really complex mediation, sometimes long mediations, um, then I saw this mindset changing uh, a little bit when they go to court mediation. So much so that nowadays there are mediations that are uh, appointed to uh, court mediators that the lawyers themselves ask the judge if they can take that mediation to private mediation because they've already had their own experience and many times a positive experience with mediation and they know what they can get from uh, from mediation. So this has been changing. Um, so, for, so at the beginning, it was very rare that we could get agreement in uh, court annexed mediation procedures. Um, even it was rare, I could say, that parties or lawyers would come to the mediation session. <laughs> they would simply not show up, uh, you know, and file and file a motion just saying, well, we're not interested, so we're not going to show up. So this has changed. This is very positive. This has changed. And again, it's important to remember that I'm in Rio and I'm very close to Sao Paulo and to the South, which is one reality. But Brazil is huge, right? We're talking 200 million people. And so I think the law and the mandatory mediation in the Code of Civil Procedure over, is overall positive because it kind of 
made everybody or made at least all the lawyers at some point stop and learn about what mediation was because all of a sudden mediation was part of the civil procedure and even though even if they don't like it even even if they don't want to take their cases to mediation at least they were forced to stop and learn about about what what it's about yeah and that that's really interesting to hear that evolution of how mediation has been received by parties, by the legal community. And so I'm curious, I mean, in terms of the mediators themselves, so who are the mediators? Are are the mediators um, individuals who are also happen to be attorneys or, or not? Um, what's been your experience in terms of who the mediators are, what their, what their background is? That's actually a very interesting question because, of course, mediation, uh, even though it's been part of our legal system for only about five or six years, uh, there are people that have been mediating for longer than that, uh, myself included. But then, because it was not necessarily part of the legal system, you had many people from other professions um, that were the actual pioneers of mediation in Brazil. And the, the mediation law does not provide for a specific profession for the mediator. On the opposite, it says that the mediator can have any profession as long as he or she has one. I mean, you have to have university degree in order to mediate. Um, so, so this has been an interesting shift within the last years because at the beginning you had a small number of mediators, you know, starting to giving out trainings and doing mediations that came from all different backgrounds, psychologists, psychiatrists, IT people, um, business people, of course, from, from law degree too, but it wasn't necessarily the majority. It was, it was very, uh, there was a variety of backgrounds in this um, initial group. And then after mediation, became part of the legal system, then all of a sudden, you know, lawyers have taken over it, um, which is, which I, of course, as a lawyer, <laughs> find makes some sense because whenever you have a problem, a legal problem, you know, a dispute, contractual dispute, um, you go to your lawyer, right? For for advice. And I don't see people going to mediation if their lawyers don't agree to it uh, or don't uh, recommend that they go to mediation. So in the end, I think the work of the mediator and the lawyer, um, you know, they need to work together in order to make, to, to make the most out of the procedure. So what I what we see here in Brazil is that within the past years, 
lawyers have really taken over, you know, and courts give out train, give, you know, trainings to that are not limited to lawyers. But in the end, you go to the training and you see there are most lawyers uh, being trained and, and, you know, and being appointed mediators, because this is actually uh, another interesting fact here in Brazil uh, that I myself advocate <laughs> uh, when we speak about mediation is that it's much easier to um, sell mediation, the idea, the concept of mediation to lawyers who are already involved in arbitration. Because what we've seen in the past is that if you speak to a lawyer that has no experience with either arbitration or mediation, he or she will mostly be very um, um, focused on court litigation. And we'll see mediation or something, you know, just way too far from what they believe and from what they know as to how to solve their clients' disputes. Whereas the lawyers that already work with arbitration they are kind of already out of the court, you know, out of the court system. They already trust and work in a private legal system, if we could call it this way. Um, so what we've been seeing is that it's easier to take those lawyers to mediation once they are already doing arbitration than, you know, the lawyer that is just you know, used to doing his court litigation. That's what he knows how to do, what he's been doing forever, and he's not willing to leave his comfort zone. The lawyers that are doing arbitration, truth is they have left their comfort zone, right? Because arbitration, arbitration law in Brazil was enacted in 1996. So, you know, have a bunch of lawyers that until then were also court civil procedure, you know, used to take their disputes to court. And, and then they left their comfort zone. They learned something else. They started to work with arbitration. So they already, the way I see it is that they already know and believe that there are different ways to solve their disputes. So Experience has shown that it's easier to talk about mediation to those lawyers than to lawyers that have, that have just been doing uh, court litigation for their whole lives. That makes a lot of sense. And, you know, what I was thinking as you were sharing that is, I mean, really, when you're asking someone to try mediation, I mean, you, you are asking for a behavior change. You're asking for someone to adopt something new. So that makes a lot of sense to then first approach those lawyers who were already, like you said, resolving, you know, their cases outside of a court in arbitration. That's not much of a stretch to ask those lawyers, are you interested in mediation? So that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, because it has a many, I'm sorry, it has many impacts, you know, in a lawyer's life. It's not only, um, the procedure itself. It's how he's going to charge his client. It's how he thinks his business as a whole. So it's a huge 
it's a huge change. You know, it's not only, you know, well, you know, you take your cases to court and then this one case you take to mediation. No, it has to stop and analyze why one case will go to mediation and the other will go to court. How he's going to charge, because, you know, as, as we mentioned before, if you are used to a case that is going to last for 10 years, then you have, you know, a way to charge your fees throughout these 10 years. Some people charge, you know, monthly fees. Some people charge the beginning and, and at the end. So you've been doing your thing your whole life. And then all of a sudden you have this proceeding that promises to solve your case in days or, or weeks. You know, how are you going to charge your fees? Um, how are you going to organize uh, the people who, who work with you, right? Because once you are doing your civil, you know, your procedural case, your uh, judicial case, you know, you won't, you only need, let's say, one assistant because you won't have work every day for that case. If you go to mediation, you know, you need it. Sometimes you need more people to help you prepare for that mediation and to attend the, the sessions. So it's a whole, I mean, it, it has so many different impacts in the life of a lawyer that I, I understand why many of them do not want to leave their comfort zone. You know, it's, it's much more than just um, taking one dispute one way or the other. It impacts your, your profession as a whole. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. And, and so one thing I'm curious to follow up with you on is the public perception and, you know, I know, so you've already talked a little bit about how mediation has evolved in Brazil. And, you know, I know you mentioned at the beginning that at the beginning of the use of mediation, you know, sometimes parties or lawyers might not show up. And then as time progressed, more people started asking for mediation. And so I'm curious, in Brazil, do you feel, is the public aware of mediation as an option? And so I'll kind of tell a background story. So the reason why I ask that is, you know, in talking to other mediators, I've always sort of jokingly said, I think there need to be more TV shows about mediation because, <laughs> you know, you turn on the TV and there's a, at least in the States, there's a, a bunch of shows about lawyers and someone has some sort of conflict and it's easy just to immediately think, oh, I have this conflict. I need to go file a lawsuit. Oh yeah. I just saw that lawyer show on TV the other day. And I remember, so I mediated for about seven years uh, between two different roles. One role was at a local community mediation center and another prior role was for our local municipal court. And I remember at the beginning of my mediation career, when I would um, call individuals who, you know, were, were not yet involved in a lawsuit, they didn't have an attorney, and I would tell them about the mediation services that the nonprofit I worked for at the time had, a very common response would be, 
well, I'm not interested in meditation. <laughs> Why are you calling me about meditation? And I would have to explain. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm not a meditation. I'm not calling from a meditation center. I'm not asking about meditation. Um, there's this thing called mediation, and it's a way to try to resolve a dispute outside of court. So I, you know, laughingly talk about that because I'm, I'm curious in, in your experience during your years in mediating so far, um, is there public awareness of what mediation is in Brazil? Uh, I guess it will depend on what public we're talking about. Okay. Okay. So if we just, uh, using your example of a TV show, uh, if you just go to the general public, I would guess that people wouldn't really know what mediation is about, you know, the general public. And when you mention the, the the TV show in the US here in Brazil, we have the soap operas, right? There are that are really popular, really popular. And so many times when something goes on soap opera episode, then yeah, you get people to actually learn about it and at least know that it exists. So it has this this social um, aspect to it as well, the soap opera. And it would actually be a great idea <laughs> to have mediation at a soap opera, you know, that there are so many disputes, just, you know, might as well take one of them to mediation. Um, and um, there was actually a show, there is a, uh, you know, Sunday evening popular show here that they used to have something similar, would be someone that would, you know, come and then parties would come over, you know, sit around the table and this person, this third person would try to help them solve the problem. Uh, it wasn't really mediation. And it also, this kind of thing also concerns us because we also don't want people to think that, oh, this is mediation. And then they come to you and you use, you know, different techniques and conduct the process differently. And they are like, oh, no, no, you're not doing it right because I saw it on TV and I know what mediation is <laughs> like. Um, so there's always, you know, uh, this, uh, all, all these aspects to take into consideration. Um, so <clears throat> I would say that the general public wouldn't know. Okay. Uh, if we talk about the legal community, then I would be more optimistic. Um, at least that people heard about it, but not necessarily know how it works and more not know how to do it. And I'll give you a few examples. So for the past 15 years, I've done a lot of advertisement for mediation. Um, you know, I teach, I train mediators, I coordinate a international conference every year. We've done it for, um, for, we're, we're going to do it for the fifth year this year. And, you know, we always try to educate lawyers and other people, of course, but our public is mainly lawyers about mediation. And, you know, even though I can speak for myself, even though I do a lot, when I look at it, it's nothing. 
<laughs> you know, uh, if if I can bring to a conference what we normally have about 300 people, you go like, oh, wow, 300 people, a lot of people. Yeah, but only in Rio, you have about 130,000 registered lawyers. Wow. Uh, yeah. You see, that's that, that's a problem with Brazil. It's, it's everything is in huge proportions. Um, so you, you think, wow, three hundred, a lot of people. Well, there are one hundred and thirty thousand lawyers in Rio alone. It's like, okay, so three hundred is nothing. Um, so it's actually, you know, it's a, a little. I, I do what I can, and I may, and of course, there are many colleagues that do the same thing. You know put together seminars, um, webinars, right? We've had so many webinars since the pandemic. So there was webinar, mediation webinar every week if you wanted to watch one and initiatives like this, you know, podcasts. So the information is out there. Um, I just don't know whether people are looking for that information so much. And another thing that I see and, and for that, I think the law was very good because, as I mentioned before, at least people, at least lawyers who are, you know, up to date in their profession and want to learn more, they were forced to at least know what mediation was, even though, even if they don't like it, even if they don't use it, at least they've heard of it, right? Another thing is that we managed a couple of years ago to introduce one um, mandatory class at law schools that wasn't only mediation, was ADR in general. But at least, again, it's, you know, one first step. At least now, everybody who graduates from a law school, and there are many law schools in Brazil, so everyone who graduates will at least have heard of mediation, conciliation, arbitration, you know, um, so this is also a huge um, step towards, you know, the information getting out there to, to people, but at least within the legal community. But one challenge I think we still have, and I speak that as a commercial mediator, is that lawyers, even lawyers who have heard about mediation, who have studied about mediation, and who are actually willing to take their clients' cases to mediation, they don't really know how to do it. So what I see many times when I mediate is that lawyers come with their cases, with their clients, and they just sit there and they go like, okay, now you mediate and do your job. <laughs> <laughs> and then you know you go okay um i actually it's not me who will come up with the solution it's not me who knows the <laughs> details about so you have to go that's why when we talk to people from the u.s especially people from jams because i'm a jams fellow and i have a lot of uh, i was you know, lucky to be part of the GEMS and the Weinstein International Foundation uh, families. And and we discussed this a lot. And, you know, I, I've been a, a observer at uh, mediations at GEMS many times. And we know that there, mediations will last, what, maybe one day, two days at the most. Of course, you know, there isn't a general rule for that, but that's kind of how it goes. 
And when they ask me, oh, how, so how does it go in Brazil? And I say, well, you know, it takes months. You know, I've had mediations who lasted for two years. Wow. Private mediation. Yes. But then you ask, wow, did you guys meet every day? Did you guys know? So we would go to a meeting and then at the meeting, I would tell them what they needed to do. Like uh, their um, housework, homework, as I call. So then they would go back to their clients, to the companies and start the work, do the research, try the possibilities, see what they owe the other party, what the other party owed them, what they would be willing to accept. What, But you see, all of this that normally happens before the mediation session, before it starts, here it works, at least for now, works the opposite way. First, you start the mediation, you have the first meeting, and then once you get to the private meetings with the party, that's where you're going to actually teach them about mediation and tell them what you expect from them. And then they need to take time to do whatever you ask them to do. So, so you see the dynamic is completely different uh, due to lack of information and lack of experience. And honestly, I'm a lawyer. I have a small law firm. We are uh, specialized in dispute resolution. We take many clients to mediation. And just, just recently, I had a meeting with a lawyer that we were going to take our clients to a mediation. He was the opposing counsel, right, for the other party. And I actually had a meeting with him regarding what I suggested he did with his clients before we went to the first meeting, because, you know, otherwise I knew we would lose so much time just going to them because I was doing that with my client. You know, I've, I had had, I don't know how many meetings with my client already to get my clients involved in mediation and get my clients to get actual information that the mediator could work with during the sessions. And I just knew the other party wouldn't be prepared for that as it always happens. Um, so this time I said, well, you know what? I'll just, I'll just call him up and discuss it with him, you know, openly and say, so how are you preparing your client? And what, what are you doing, you know, as your homework with your client? And he was so thankful <laughs> because, you know, in the end, it also saves uh, mediation in mediation hours, right? <laughs> uh, that we'll need to pay for the mediators. Um, so this is a totally different challenge that, but this one, I think we won't overcome, or at least we won't overcome it easily, but it's okay. We've come so far, you know, if we get lawyers to take their cases to mediation and they don't really know how to act in mediation, then we can deal with it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, it makes sense. And I mean, it sounds like progress is being made and, and, and that's yes. the, that's the positive thing. And so I thought maybe I'd wrap up on, you know, one final question for you. So 
you know, the COVID-19 pandemic we know has, has changed the way a lot of us do things. Um, and so I'm curious, has the pandemic, has it had an impact on mediation? And so what I mean by that is, I mean, in Brazil, to the extent that mediation is happening, do you see any of it occurring online, whether it's, you know, through like video conferencing or an ODR platform? Do you see anything like that in Brazil? Well, for any, I think um, the pandemics have made an impact in basically everything. So it wouldn't be different with mediation, with dispute resolution, right, in general. And what we see here in Brazil is that first, we had a huge number of disputes where you had no one to blame. And because when you go to court, many times you, you want to get back at someone, right? You're going to, you want revenge. <laughs> you want, well, I'm going to sue you, you know? I'll have, uh, you know, the court clerk by your door to serve, uh, to serve the case. I'll bring you before a judge. So it has this aspect to it. We know that. And then all of a sudden, we have lots of disputes that people were just, as we say, in the same, in the same boat. Like, okay, so I can't pay you. I wish I could, but I can't. But I know you need the money, but I don't have the money. But I don't hate you <laughs> and you don't hate me. Okay, actually, I still want to do business with you. You know, the, your product is great. My product is great. It's just, I really can't right now. So how should we deal with it? So this has increased tremendously the use of mediation. And we've, um, uh, we did a lot of marketing <laughs> uh, for mediation in this kind of, of situations, you know, lots of webinars and discussions uh, during the pandemics that we would say that, you know, well, you have a dispute. Now everybody, you have lots of disputes that you didn't expect you would have at some point. And we don't know how courts will see them because it's not black and white so much, you know, as it was before. Well, I have a contract, you know, um, you didn't pay me, so I can just sue you and I'll get payment. Oh, it's not that, it's not that simple anymore. Why didn't I pay you? Because all of a sudden I didn't have clients anymore. And all of a sudden, you know, we all know what happened. So we didn't know at that point how courts would behave. So we had people, uh, many, many people that uh, would take their their cases to mediation and have a mediator help them uh, find a solution that would be suitable for everybody. Uh, so this was one thing, you know, the increase of number of mediations and also the way we mediate, because until then, of course, there were the platforms, but we all saw that as, you know, very unpersonal and, well, I'm not going to, you know, do a mediation where, you know, I want discussions and um, long sessions. I won't do that online. No, everybody rather do it in person. And then all of a sudden, you just had to do it online. So, of course, people found their way to do it online and um, and improved the way to do it online. Um, and many platforms have appeared uh, have been created 
for mediation and um you know people that were illiterate you know uh, uh technology technology literates um they had to learn how to at least do zoom and what happened after that was that I, I, and again i can i can speak for myself you know i have mediations that are 100% online even though we're not in the pandemics anymore i have mediations that are hybrid you know in the beginning when you normally have more people attending you know the companies the ceo the the, the ceos come the directors come everybody wants to come to this first session uh, mostly because they've never been to a mediation session before, so they want to know what it looks like. And then we do it online because there's so many people with, you know, from different places with different agendas, different schedules. I mean, and as as you know, we progress and we get sometimes only lawyers attending the meetings. Then we have some in-person meetings, but this has definitely made a change that uh, i think it's you know there's no way back in that in on in mediating online and uh and not to mention odr in general right just platforms and solving disputes um totally online but for mediation it's been a, a big change and and i see it as very positive and i i definitely included it as a possibility you know when when people come to me to mediate and then we we decide decide on the when i do it when i do that for my clients actually you know uh when i analyze the situation and and advise them to either go to mediation or arbitration blah, blah, blah. so when it's mediation then the second step is is it going to be in person is it going to be on video and and most most of the times they want to do it on video, especially because they don't want to meet, you know, and be at the same place as the other person. So uh, they want to do it on video. So I, I don't think there's a way back. I think it's been actually a good thing. If anything good uh, left was left from the pandemic was the this virtual way of doing mediation. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Well, Mariana, this has been such a great episode. I really appreciate you, you know, coming on the podcast to talk about the development of mediation in Brazil. Um, if there are any listeners who would like to connect with you or learn more about your work, how can they do so? Uh, I'm on LinkedIn, actually. It's um, Mariana F. Souza. It's just the name that's going to appear uh, at the episode. And they can, I think it's the easiest way to contact me, just send me a message, a private message saying, you know, I listen to the podcast and then we can connect and uh, I'll be more than happy to connect with people who have listened to this podcast and who are interested in mediation in Brazil. So it's going to be a real pleasure connecting, um, connecting with your audience. And you know what I can do is I can go ahead in the show notes for this episode, I can go ahead and put a link to your LinkedIn profile so that I'll, I'll make Perfect. it easier for people to connect. Perfect. Great idea. Thank you. All right. Well, yeah, like I said, thank you so much again for coming on the show. I, I really appreciate you and I appreciate learning about mediation in Brazil. And um, 
thanks again. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you so much for the invitation, for your time, and for the interest in mediation in Brazil. I hope this is um, helpful. And um, I'm looking really forward to um, to being contacted uh, by people who are interested in learning more about this. Absolutely. All right, friends. Well, that wraps up another great episode of the Mediate.com podcast. We'll talk to you next time. This podcast was brought to you by Mediate.com. For more information about Mediate.com's programs and content, please visit our website at www.mediate.com.